Yes. It is the wave, 97.9 WHAV, and on the line is State Representative Andy Vargas. And, Andy, good morning to you. Good morning, Wynn. Always great to be with you. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to uh, to catch up uh, uh, you know, on a, a busy weekend that's uh, coming around. I've been thinking all... <laughs> All week long that uh, the day is Friday, but it's only Thursday, and I've been thinking that way since since Tuesday. It's, I'm very confused. You're not alone there. I'm sure many of us are feeling the same, <laughs> ready for the long weekend. Oh yeah, it, it's going to be very very nice. Hey, we have a story in the in the news today. It's uh, it's about uh, some folks that, and you you are actually are are mentioned in the story too. It's a uh, about an organization called. Entrepreneurship for All, E for All. And uh, you're going to be uh, hanging around uh, next Thursday, a week from today, and uh, and they are going to be getting a check, you along with uh, Congresswoman Laurie Trahan. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, we're really excited that uh, Entrepreneurship for All, E for All, is coming to Haverhill. Uh, they're a nonprofit that uh, focuses on startups, particularly in small to mid-sized cities across Massachusetts and now really across the country. Um, I was fortunate enough out of college uh, to have worked uh, for them for some time as their marketing and communications uh, lead and saw all the amazing work that they did in getting uh, entrepreneurs off the ground and scaling their businesses. Um, there are several in Haverhill, actually, that have gone through the program already uh, because they've gone to Lowell or they've gone to Lawrence where they have their offices uh, and their programs um, and so when you think of, for example, like Triana's Real Mexican Food, for example, she's a E4All entrepreneur that came through the Accelerator program, got mentorship, got some grant funding, um, and she was able to launch and scale her business. And now she's got a storefront, she's got employees, she's got you know her liquor license, and, and things are going well for her business. Uh, when you think of another Haverhill entrepreneur, um, Goody Crunch, for example, Hamdala, which you guys are uh, highlighting in uh, your story, she also came through E4All uh, as well. And so um, one of the greatest indicators for a strong economy is new business formation. And one of the challenges that we faced even before the pandemic was that the rate of new business formation today is much less than what it was in the 1970s and 80s. And so uh, E4All is playing a critical role in making sure that we actually get that number back up, that we do have more startups, more small businesses, more homegrown businesses that are resilient and able to withstand um, global or, or local uh, economic shocks. Uh, we um, uh, every every month I have a chance to chat with somebody from SCORE. They they help entrepreneurs as well too. Are these two organizations? Are they do they work together or are they separate? Yeah, so SCORE often does come in uh, and partner with E4ALL. The E4ALL model is a little different in that SCORE is more kind of um, kind of one-off, one-on-one mentorship uh, and advice that they provide to entrepreneurs. Um, Entrepreneurship for All is a six-month accelerator program, and so uh, you have to apply uh, to get in, you have to pitch your product, uh, and you can get cash uh, grants at the end of completing the accelerator to actually get your business off the ground. And the real crux of it is that, you know, their mentors are there to first and foremost support the business of uh, the the entrepreneurs themselves. And there's a team of three mentors per entrepreneur, which is huge. But they're also there to support the entrepreneur as an individual. I think we often like to separate the business from the individual. But the reality is, is that 
you know, these are individuals that are living in our communities that have other needs as well, right? Whether that be family related or financial related. Um, and so these mentors are able to provide that wraparound service to make sure that they're able to, to help them uh, address whatever challenges they're having that might impede their business growth. So when you say accelerator program, what's that? Yeah, so an accelerator is a program that basically think of it as a condensed MBA. Uh, and so students, entrepreneurs will learn everything from, you know, accounting basics to marketing to uh, who is your customer, really drilling down into uh, understanding what your unique value proposition is for your product. So it's really kind of a condensed mini MBA that gets entrepreneurs ready to hit the ground running. And uh, how would somebody, uh, you know, get their get their name and stand in line to uh, to get some of this help? Yeah, they can uh, go to eforall.org um, and uh, check out their website. Um, and this is, to be clear, only only made possible uh, with the support of uh, Pentucket Bank, Haverhill Bank, um, the City of Haverhill through their CDBG. Uh, grant so Andrew Hurley and the mayor, uh, in addition to the Essex County uh, Community Foundation. Uh, two years ago, we brought all these different stakeholders together um, to say, "Hey, look, you know, when we come out of this pandemic, we're going to need an entity that is here to spur economic development and particularly new business growth in Haverhill. How do we make this happen? You know, can we get some public support with some private support as well? Uh, and in working together with those." Uh, uh, organizations that I mentioned, in addition to our federal delegation and Congresswoman Lori Trahan, uh, to get an EDA grant, uh, we were able to facilitate that partnership. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, and so that's going to be happening uh, next week, next Thursday at uh, at one over at the iHub. Uh, you know, something else I wanted to uh, ask about, and, and and I'd forgotten about it, but uh, uh, before we came on the air, uh, you, you mentioned it about the. Um, the tax law, 1980-something tax law, where Massachusetts residents might might get some money back? Yeah, so essentially in, in 1986, voters approved the referendum that basically stated that if revenue growth uh, in the state reached a certain point and outpaced the wage and salary growth over a budget year, that the extra money uh, generated would be returned to the taxpayers. And so you guys have reported and several other you know, uh, media outlets have reported about how we weren't able to get our economic development bill done this session, at least during the, the, the regular calendar. Um, and the reason for that is that this 1986 law um, getting triggered this year um, would mean that somewhere upwards around $2.5 billion in rebates could be sent back to taxpayers. Um, and in our economic development bill, uh, we were already giving back uh, over a billion dollars as well uh, in tax rebates. So we have to balance this out and figure out um, where uh, you know we can we can make ends meet uh, because right now three point five billion dollars in tax rebate sounds great, right, to the average taxpayer. But we also have uh, an imploding MBTA. We have uh, roads and bridges to fix, and there's there are lots of needs in the state. The good news is that there will be. Uh, and, I, and I'm confident of this, there will be uh, tax relief and tax rebates uh, provided to Massachusetts taxpayers. Um, we, we will get that done uh, before the end of the year. I'm confident of that. Well, that's good. Yeah, a billion here, a billion there. Eventually it becomes real money, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and this is complicated stuff, right? I think, you know, people 
um, you know, and understandably, you know, want the relief right away. There are a lot of people that are hurting right now, um, but we're right waiting on the auditor's office to be able to certify uh, exactly whether or not that 1986 tax law is triggered. Uh, and if so, uh, then the economic development bill has to be altered a bit uh, to reflect that. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that, you know, you mentioned the, the MBTA, and I know that uh, I'm kind of a like a train buff, and, and you've mentioned, uh, you know, the train service from from here to Boston, too. You like to see it electrified and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So uh, what's your take on, on what's happening? Yeah, well, I appreciate the platform, no pun intended, to uh, talk about uh, the MBTA. I, I think, you know, it's a it's a real management issue uh, that's happening over there. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's really unfortunate that thousands of people have had to alter their transportation plans to work. I mean, you've seen and read the stories, and I've heard from constituents as well, uh, that take the commuter rail in and then uh, have to get on the orange line to get to work. Um, now have had to alter their plans, and, and it is challenging. Um, you know, hopefully this pause in service will mean that there is a much more robust and efficient system um, moving forward, and, you know, that's that's the best that we can hope for right now. Um, somebody made the comparison that if this were the private sector, um, the private sector would, you know, shut things down to be able to attack the problem as fast as possible uh, and it seems like that's what the T is trying to do here. So um, several of my colleagues uh, and I uh, want to make sure that we maintain an oversight role to make sure that, you know, that, that the resources that we're providing the T are getting managed most effectively and that they're considering um, riders uh, first and foremost, uh, particularly those that rely on this to, to get to work. Yeah, some of those uh, stories have been uh, very scary. You know, people jumping off of trains into the river and <laughs> runaway trains yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, we're, you know, it's 2022. We're one of the richest states and one of the richest countries on earth. And we have a train system that can't compete with, you know, the top 20, you know, uh, industrialized nations in the world. Um, we need to we need to address this as soon as possible. It's not just a transportation issue; it's a economic issue, it's a housing issue, it's a climate issue. If we can address our rail system, our subway system, have a clean, efficient, fast system, then we get to check the box on all of those issues that are affected by our transportation system. All right. Well, Andy, is there anything else you'd like to mention today? No, just um, you know, thankful to WHAV for all the work that you do to continue to educate folks in uh, the greater Haverhill area. Uh, I'm on the ballot next Tuesday and uh, would be honored to continue to have the support of my constituents and voters as uh, we continue to serve our community. That's right. Yeah, the uh, the early voting's going on uh, today uh, as we speak until four That's this right. afternoon again tomorrow, and then uh, and then you've got the uh, the primary on. Um, on Tuesday, and, and you're running unopposed. Yes, yes, but, you know, I, every vote counts, and I'm not taking anything for granted. Okay. All right. Hey, Andy, thank you so much, and uh, you have a great Labor Day weekend, all right? You too. Thanks, Wayne. All right. State Representative Andy Vargas, our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. Wake up with Wayne Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. You.